Hello, I am Philip Kennedy. Thank you for downloading this podcast of the NYU Abu Dhabi Institute. We hope you enjoy listening to this. For more information about our programs, please visit www.nyuad.nyu.edu slash institute. Thank you very much. Good evening. And I'm very glad to be here and to be the first speaker of this brilliant idea, uh, series on arts and power. And uh, today, uh, my topic is about uh, Arabic shadow play. Right? So as we know that a shadow play uh, is, a long, is, is a performing art form which has a long history in world civilizations. The Arabs knew about shadow play. I should also practice shadow play right? more than a thousand years. However, the visual right, uh, affect the visual, yeah, uh, the visualization of the shadow play we only uh, only knew actually uh, relatively recently, right? In front of you is a shadow uh, figure, right? Uh, discovered in Aleppo. And so you can see the intricate artistry in the making of the shadow play. It was made in a translucent camo skin, right? So then the color dye with different natural colors. And then you cut, right? The, the joint right, will be um, movable, right? So this is the lady on, on camel was published in 1925 by a leading German orientalist, uh, George uh, Jacob. He actually was one of the leading uh, uh, Arabists uh, in uh, developing this field of research of, of performing arts, uh, popular narratives, including shadow plays in Arab world, Turkey, and uh, South Asia. Uh, so this was the, and then we have other right, yeah, Western travelers right, who traveled to the Middle East, right, who discovered this art form, and they came back to report. Right, this was by a French French painter, right, uh, Charles Sourdou Frere. Right, this was a, the depiction of the Karakou's uh, shadow play he saw in Algeria. So we know, I will talk about a little later. Right, so basically, shadow play in Arabic is called Hayaludul. Right, but in the, this was the traditional Arabic term for the art form. But uh, later on, when this art form was introduced to Turkey, right, it take, took on another dimension of Karakuz. Uh, and then when the, during the Ottoman time, so this Turkish Karakuz was in, reintroduced to the Arab land, especially to, it, it became very powerful and influential in the, uh, in, in, in Levant, the Levant, so we call it Sham, Bilad Shami, that's the greater Syria, and also North Africa. But he never, never made it to Egypt. So Egypt is always called Khayaludil, but in the other parts of the Arab world, it's more known as Karakus, right? So, yeah, so Freya saw this, right? He, he, he made his oil painting. So published in a magazine in Paris in 1840, this was the earliest published. Uh, uh, illustration of Arabic shadow play. And then he then went on to Cairo and where he really got interested in attending the performances right? and he uh, made another oil painting. Uh, this is a, 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 a shadow theater in Cairo. So you can see you have a two, oh, sorry. You have a two ladies confronting a man. Right? And also you can see the visual yeah, vocabulary you know, is very different from the Karakus, which I will talk about a little bit on, right? So basically there are two branches of shadow play, shadow theaters in the Arab world, right? That were developed at the same time, in parallel. But the Egyptian tradition is much, much longer, and also it's better documented. We have a medieval documentation, goes all the way to the 13th century. But in, in the other part of the Arab world, we do not have any textual right, documentation until the colonial time, right? So this has to do with some historical elements we have to talk about later on, right? So, and you can see, so this oil painting now is in Cairo's Mohammed um, Mahmoud Khalil Museum. So it was only published in 1963, right, for the first time by Egyptian scholar whose name is Ibrahim Hamada. He also wrote about uh, Arabic uh, drama and the shadow play. Why people were interested in shadow play? Because there is a long-held uh, assumption that Arabic Islamic tradition lacks drama tradition. Right? So basically anything dramatical and tamthil, right? any form of tamthil, 
right, of acting out, right, was kind of looking upon with suspicion. So there's a lot arrested development in, the, in, in this area. So anytime there's research, you get into shadow play and the drama. So people are uh, Arabist, uh, for, uh, um, uh, they are. They usually play the leading role, but and then uh, from philology, it turned out it, it developed into the study of a drama, of a narrative, of other things, uh, which I will talk about. Right. So, uh, so he published this, uh, and so you can see this is the contemporary Karakus, right? So this is the long one, one thousand years of history of the performance, although it was writing down and uh, and. Uh, the Arab scholars began to rediscover the cultural heritage during the Nahda. Right? We all know about the movement, Nahda movement. Right? One element of Nahda was to rediscover what made canon, what was the cultural heritage. Right? So there are different camps. Right? And uh, so in today, and uh, today I will, uh, first, very quickly, I will talk about uh, uh, the shadow play in the historical documentation from literary and historical sources very quickly. And then I will highlight the three phases of development. So the first was Mamluk time by Ibn Daniel. The second era was the Ottoman time. Right. So yeah, there were a lot of new new trends and the new new trends and the new features of this particular period. And then the early modern time. Right, the colonial time. So you have also new developments. Right, this was also also was the time that shadow play was facing a decline uh, because of the introduction of uh, Western uh, live theater and the cinema. So shadow play became uh, was very much reduced into a very kind of a funny uh, kind of just a popular low low brow kind of entertainment. Right, and there, however, we do see the efforts on the part of governments as well as academics and researchers and also artists uh, to preserve uh, and then to try to revitalize uh, this tradition. So I did some field work in Cairo a few years ago, so I would like to share with you, share with you some of my observations. Um, so first of all, right, is that, uh, yeah, uh, it, it from the historical view, viewpoint, right? So shadow play actually uh, now is considered as a low art. Actually, it was considered as a high art in, in, when it all started. Right? You can see, right? There was a poem uh, attributed by Imam Shafi'i. Actually, this is, is unlikely, right? So m many people consider this uh, to be this has become a motto for the shadow play, right? So and that yeah, this actually today we consider this as a Mamluk piece. But anyway. Right. No matter what, what's the attribution, right? That is, it says, right? In shadow play, there is a great lesson, Akbar Ibra, right? Uh, for the lofty truth seeker, puppetry uh, figures and phantoms come and go, all will vanish. Only the mover, Al Muharrik, right, stays forever. So this mover was actually Plato, a Platonic idea, God being the mover. Right, so God is the first mover, right, Maharik, right, and then so the puppet master is working, uh, and so he was like a puppet master working behind the scene. So people come and go, all will vanish, right, but Al Maharik Baki. Uh, so that's the whole idea. And then you can see from other literary, literature and uh, poet, poets, where we see this famous Omar Khayyam, although he wrote in Persian, but we also can see the, in the early, early Islamic tradition, personal Arabic and Persian poetry and Arabic poetry. And he said that for in and out, above, about, uh, about below, uh, this nothing but a magic shadow, shadow show played in a box whose candle is the sun. See, round which we pantheon figures come and go. So you can see the same kind of vocabulary and the metaphor being used that God and the human being is like reflecting, uh, the life is a reflection of the divine, the, the divine guidance and also God move everything around, which is play the role, play our roles, right? So, and then you can see uh, Ibn Arabi, a famous Sufi and philosopher, right? He basically made this very nice, uh, a kind of uh, illustration where right? you can see in his description, right, God uh, is the Amharic, um, right, uh, and then through he, uh, on his speaking on his behalf is a manhood, right, uh, Adam, 
and uh, Ibn Arabic called Adam Wasaf, the person who describes, right? He, he narrates, he has the mission to narrate God's mission, right? And then, uh, they have, and then through Adams, right, you have all the human characters. So each, every single shadow play is basically a character, is, is a, is a reflection of the characters live in this world. And then, so they are being manipulated by the narrator, right, who actually reports to, right, who actually basically uh, is the, uh, is the spokesperson, so to speak, uh, on behalf of God, right? So that's his depiction of, uh, and, uh, of, and also Sufi, another Sufi whose name is Ibn Farid, right? another very famous Sufi, right? uh, famous for his uh, yeah, perfect, uh, prophetic Madiha uh, Nabawi, right? yeah. and he also, uh, in his very famous right, uh, collection called Ta'i Al-Kopra, Right, this now is translated as the poems of the Sufi way. Right, he talks about uh, Sufi theology, but uh, through illustrations of different uh, cultural activities associated with, associated with the Sufi uh, thought. Right, he he described he described that uh, yeah, a shadow play in his time, which was the uh, 13th century. Right, you can see also very very early on. He said, yeah, you have songs, right, uh, you have music, you have birds chirping and wobbling in foreign languages, right, you have camels traveling in the desert, you have ships racing amid the, the, uh, the heavy deep sea, battles fought on land and sea by two armies in great formations. You have a historical, the description of a battlefield being played out on the screen. You have infantry, you have a cavalry, uh, cavalries and dressed in iron mail, sword and uh, spears, uh, fireballs and, uh, yeah, and this magic. And they have specters and genies and men hawking, you have a fishing, hunting, you have a beast, all kinds of beasts are lying, a big, big, big birds, a serpent, right? So all the, all the kind of fan, fantasy tale, uh, tales, right? so play out on land, in the sea, and in the river, and in air. Right. And there also, there are some political plays, right? For example, right, we know that the last Sultan Tumanbai, Mamluk Sultan Tumanbai was being hanged in Cairo in public, right? And then, so they made it into, they made a shallow play about the hanging of Sultan Tumanbai, right? So it was reported, right, the first Ottoman Sultan Salim, Salim the Green, right, was so to his liking when he saw this shallow play. He said, yeah, it's a good idea to introduce this uh, Art form to to Istanbul, so he brought he invited Egyptian shadow masters to Istanbul to play this right, uh, uh, to to play this the hanging of uh, a and then that's the interesting uh, uh, twist, right? So the Turks got a hold on this very fascinating form, uh, this uh, performing art from Egypt, right? So they learned about it, and then they incorporated their own narrative, uh, dramatical elements. They made another genre called the Karakuz. Right, which I'll talk about later on. Yeah. So you see, yeah, and then, so before all that, those are historical de descriptions in literature, in po poetry, in chronicles, right? Even Iyas, the Mamluk uh, historian, also wrote about his observation of uh, shadow play uh, in Cairo. However, the, uh, the, on, the, the scholarly academic research and documentation only began later on, right? So actually it was first discovered by uh, George Jacob, Jacob, who published this uh, Aleppo piece. And then, but uh, two people we must, uh, two, two men we must name them, uh, mention, right? One on your, uh, sorry. On your right uh, was Paul Carr. Uh, he was a, a, a prominent German uh, Orientalist and Arabist. Uh, he was the minister of Lutheran Church in Cairo from uh, when uh, from uh, 1901 to 1909, and also he was the head of a German Oriental Institute. Right, and he became the the the, the, senator, the professor at a barn, and then he lost his position because during the Christo 
uh, 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 night, uh, his wife helped a, Jew, a Jewish neighbor clean up. So because of that, he refused to con to condemn his wife, and he lost his position. Right, he was put out exile in, in England. When he came back, right, he he no longer had the position, but still he kept he kept researching. He has uh, two major fields of research. One was Carogeniza. Uh, which is about the, the the documentation written by uh, in Judaic Arabic about the Jew, Jewish communities. Right, he was a philologist, right, in Semitic studies. Right, and another uh, field he excelled was it was shadow play. He collected all these uh, shadow play manuscripts in Cairo and in a place called Manzila in today in, in Delta area. He also purchased an entire collection of shadow figures, uh, which made it in made of 84 pieces. Those 84 pieces, before he, uh, he, he fled to England before the World War II, he donated half of those to the German museums. So now all the Arabic, right, actually it's Egyptian, right, the pre-modern shadow play figures in the German museums actually all came from one source, which was Paul Carr. Uh, and uh, uh, and another person I really uh, is more familiar with you, Ahmed Pasha of Taimur. Uh, this he was from a very prominent uh, family of book collection uh, and and also advocating for Arab cultural heritage. Right, he learned about. He was very. Uh, uh, friendly with the German Arabists at the time, right? Uh, so basically, there was a, a interesting period that Arab scholars were were approached by the German scholars, right? So they had some interesting conversation, and Taimur Pasha uh, taking advantage of his own position uh, in Egyptian cultural circles. He also collected uh, uh, shadow play manuscripts, right? So uh, and though for some reason, right, they actually all approach the same right, shadow master in Cairo, whose name is Qashash, right? so the father and the son. Right? So this is a family-run business. Uh, the Qashash right, had a long tradition, families had a long tradition. Right? They were uh, Algerian immigrants, uh, but they finally settled in Cairo, right? making a living, uh, ma making a, li a life, a livelihood, a living, uh, making shadow plays. Right? They only not only performed in the in the coffee house, house right, owned by a, fam, a family member, but also, according to my research, right, they also perform in the Sufi right, yeah, uh, circles right, called the Vikra. Right? So this was a Sufi chanting of a memorization of uh, the Prophet Muhammad. Right? So you might wonder what is the connection between shadow play and Sufism. I will talk about it a little later. Right? So, yeah, so Taimur Pasha in Cairo, today's Darakutub, right? there were I think, eight manuscripts, right, pre modern shadow play manuscripts were purchased by uh, Taimur Pasha. Uh, so, so that's the all right, manuscript evidence we have of Arabic shadow play right, in the pre-modern time. Right? As I say, right, the lacking, right, the obviously is Iraq. Uh, we don't have any documentation of shadow play Right, which is very surprising, right? And also for for the Levant, Beit uh, Shan, we only have uh, the documentation uh, after 19th century, right? So it's so basically the same can be said about North Africa, Al Maghrib, right? So that's the documentation situation, right? So now we'll show you some of the paper uh, of the figures that uh, Paul Carr collected in, in in Egypt, right? So you can see, right? You can see the very sophist the sophistication of the formation and the configuration of the shadow. Like, this was the Maristan. Maristan, it's a hospital, right? And so it's a two floor. You can see, right? You have a very intricate mashrabiya decora decoration here, right? It, it's uh, it's hard for me to locate this particular play. What play? This particular uh, this must be a setting. Uh, was being used, right? And this is uh, the typical, it's a, a donkey with a rider. Uh, so this is also very typical, you can see. Uh, and uh, so this actually is a very interesting one. It's Nile boating, right? So you can see here, we have uh, several uh, gentlemen taking a, a joy ride on the Nile, right? And before that, for a long time, right, uh, Paul Carr, he actually wrote some articles about the iconographical uh, formation of shadow figure. He, he decided it was Mamluk piece. But however, recently, uh, his theory has been challenged by a young art historian, uh, Mir White. 
right? And he, uh, the argumentation actually is it's very convincing. Do you see this person is smoking a shisha? Uh, so you can see the water pipe, right? You can see. Uh, so uh, according to historical studies, right, shisha right, started or being smoked or being enjoyed right, uh, uh, after 16th century. So that was an Ottoman era cultural product. Uh, so, however, the, 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 the composition is very Mamluk in the sense of uh, resemble right, the, the, the things we see, right? But uh, is this, uh, so according to the new study, this must be an Ottoman reproduction of a kind of Mamluk mode, right? This, I think, I think it's very convincing, right? And then you can also see, right, this actually uh, piece is now in, in Berlin, uh, the, the Museum of Islamic Art, right, in the permanent display. And actually, I was surprised to see it's a, it's a, it's a life size. So I wonder how do you manipulate? Uh, you would think that a shallow plate should, figure should be half size, it should be smaller, right? But this one was a shock, shocker for me right, when I saw actually the real thing. Right. And then you can see also the color, beautiful, beautiful dye, right? Well, the translucent, right? Also the intricate, intricate cutting of it. Mm -hmm. And okay, so some of the studies, right? So Paul Carr, it was a very, very, uh, how to say, first-rate philologist. He 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 published very little, but he wanted to make sure everything he knew about it and thought he was sure. So basically, he had been studying and editing these three shadow plays by Ibn Daniya, right? but he never was able to publish it. Right? So it's a long history, make it short. Right? He, he collected uh, uh, four medieval manuscripts by this Ibn Daniya, the Mamluk, uh, the Mamluk shadow play uh, writer, whom I will talk about more. Later, right? And he discovered, they realized this was the only three dramatical texts in the pre Ottoman time in the Arabic literature. That's it. Right? We do not have any uh, drama, uh, you can really call it a drama, right? in Arabic right? pre Ottoman time, except for the three shadow plays attributed to Ibn Daniel. So the importance of these uh, three texts uh, have been always been recognized. Many, many Arabists right, and Orientalists try on the three texts, right, but n nobody really could crack it, but except for, for, for uh, Paul Carr. But he died in 1964. He was not able to publish. He was very, very uh, careful. And his students in Oxford eventually published an edition, which is, came out in 1992. This actually is the only critical edition today uh, scholars use. Right? So there was another edition published in Cairo by the fellow I mentioned, Ibrahim Hamada, right? but it was about yeah, it cleaning up. Uh, so it's a sanitized uh, uh, version, relying, rel relying on only one manuscript, right? So it is not really critical edition. However, it's still it's very important. Uh, that was the first publication of Ibn Dan, yeah. Okay, so this is the, uh, 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 the critical edition uh, prepared uh, yeah, by Paul Carr, but actually finished by uh, Derek uh, Hopwood. Uh, so Mustafa Badawi wrote the introduction. We know some of you might know the name of Mustafa Badawi. He was the first Arab to teach Arabic literature at Oxford, right? And uh, during the 1780s, he was also very interested in, in his literature. He wrote about uh, the artistry of Arabic drama, medieval Arabic drama, making comparison with the medieval European drama, dramatic tradition. Right, so he was also very enthusiastic about pushing this to be published. Uh, published. Uh, so uh, uh, Unearth is my book. Right, so I uh, I I spent like a ten more year, more more than ten years uh, studying and trying to figure things out. But this is just a work in progress. Right, I have to say that. Right, but I just gain actually more appreciation of the sophistication and the the, the, the richness of the Arabic shadow tradition. Uh, which actually uh, certainly will continue on. Right? And then there is another popular translation just came out recently right, uh, in New York by, uh, by a drama scholar whose name is Mar Marvin yeah, Carson. Uh, he does a comparative drama. He actually is one of the leading, leading, uh, how to say, champions for introducing Arabic, uh, modern Arabic drama to the world. Right? So basically, he, with the help of a Moroccan, a uh, Jordanian uh, scholar, they translate the three Ibn Daniyash texts, right? 
the translation is not really scholarly. So yeah, okay, Mo, you shake your hand. Yeah. So it's uh, I don't know. I, I will not uh, comment on, but still they made effort, right? So they try. I think the way they did it was to try to rewrite the Ibn Daniel text in the modern language to make it very performable and also more readable. Also, that I will give credit to. So basically, those three plays I will give very quick, right, uh, run through, right. So the first one is called the Taif al-Khayyal, right. So we translate it as, as, as the Phantom, right. So basically, it is a farce about a, a soldier, right, a retired soldier, right. And he has a very bizarre name, but I will yeah, try to be more careful, right. And about, about there's uh, some matchmaking, right, the, 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 Typical you know, comical ingredients, right? And then there was also, also there was a final. Usually, the finale of all the three shadow plays is the uh, repentance tauba. You have made all the things in the world, and then finally you you you, you repent. You go to Mecca. You're, you're fine, right? So this usually is the kind of a positive finale of all the three shadow plays, right? And then the background of this one is particularly interesting because he mentioned about the Mamluk policy. Right, Mamluk crackdown prohibition uh, during the uh, Mongol invasion. Right, so the, the major cities, right, uh, not Cairo, but in, but Damascus was being besieged, right, by the Mongols, right. So even Taymiyyah, the famous Hanbali theologian, right, basically rallied the troops, right, basically also trying to, uh, how to say. Uh, uh, yeah, right the wrongs in the past right, by uh, enforcing uh, this kind of very hard line, uh, yeah, dog dogmatic idea about uh, the, the harm of drinking and uh, entertainment. Uh, so in Cairo, you also see the reflection of this kind of way of thinking. The Sultan, right, they try to uh, uh, prove their legitimacy, uh, being the guardians of the true Islamic cause. They also follow this kind of hardline policy, right? So you have the crackdown. Every single Sultan, right, would take as a state kind of a policy, right? And uh, so this was a not good time for the entertainers. And uh, the tavern run, and also for the, for for some for the for for the small people like uh, even Daniel, right? So that's the historical background. Also, there's a little uh, trick, trick, right? He thought see, in the in the play, right? He basically he also was very smart. He he put this background in the Bible, uh, so yeah, which was uh, uh, thirty years earlier than his own lifetime, right? So basically, this is safe, right? Actually, he was. We know from the historical documents, right? He wrote his poems commenting on his own life story. And uh, another uh, Sultan, Lajin, which is less known, a Mamluk Sultan, right? But uh, we know that Lajin also imposes very harsh right, kind of a way of, of a crackdown, right? So you can see, right? So there is a really interesting thing about art imitating life, right? So we, we read this shadow play, the depiction, especially his long poems, the depiction, the chaotic situation. situation in Cairo, right? So basically, and also, yeah. So it's very interesting, right? Yeah, and uh, we'll talk more about that. So let me very quickly, right? So the protagonist, his name is Amir Wissal, right? So I will show not to translate, right? So basically, he's retired, right? He basically said, okay, he has a sidekick whose name is Taifa Khayyar, right? So usually you have the sidekick and the speaker, right? And he said he's tired of the playboy lifestyle, he's ready to settle down. Uh, he summoned his secretary, who is a Coptic, Coptic whose name is Taj Babuch, right? which is also very comic, right? And then also uh, his panegyrist, who is a Surah Ba'ar, right? So this also invoking some classical reference, right? And then so he put all his finances in order, right, and move on. Right. The matchmaker, whose name is Omur Rashid, which is also very sat satirical, right? basically said, no, no way, you, such a, you, you had such a, a, a bad reputation, how could he reform? Right? So basically, he, however, eventually, right, still, she was able to produce a bride right, who turned out to be uh, anything but uh, beautiful, beautiful, useful, blah, blah, blah. And then it, it turned out to be a grandma who, who brings a, a baby who speaks gibberish, right? It means uh, 
We call it uh, yes, uh, in, infant fatal, right? So yes, it kills everybody, right? But anyway, so Amir, we saw was very insulted, right? He really wanted to punish right, his, uh, this Omar Rashid, and whose, whose husband's name is Aflak. If you are Lebanese, you know what Aflak is, right? So I, I won't go further than that, right? And, uh, and that, so he, and Aflak said, no, no, she did passed away at the hand of Dr. Squash, uh, Yaktinus. You can say, so Yaktin, right, this year, uh, Squash, right? Nous is a pseudo Greek, right? Because all, all the doctors are Greek. Uh, you know, they, they have this uh, this Galen uh, Galen medicine, right? So they believe everything everything have, having to do with medicine have to do with some nous nous nous. Right? This you know Greek suffix. Uh, right? So you get the joke, right? So she, he confirmed that, right? And that, so now it's time for reckoning and uh, 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 so searching. The Amir finally is reformed. Of he goes to Mecca, right? So, so, so he. This is uh, the first one. The second uh, play actually is quite interesting. Another genre which is called a straight parade. So there's no plot. Basically, it is about a group of uh, 27 different professionals and craftsmen coming to the stage. Each sings a number of songs uh, doing a dance, right? And they're introducing their Crafts. This is a very, very important document for the study of social history of medieval Egypt, especially the underworld. Right. So basically, how it goes that so it, the title is called Ajibu Gharib. Right. This is also you have a one person narrator, another sidekick. Right. And then, uh, so the first uh, uh, group come come down is is the you know the snake charmer. Right. Snake charmer usually is the quintessential kind of you know. A street parade, right, participate and introduce, right, and also you have in the first group, you group you have the seller of medical pastries and ajin, right, all kinds of you know you know you know what all kinds of uh, uh, herb, and those are herbalists, right, those are eye surgeons. So you have the medical professional, right, who introduces their crafts, right, in in songs and dance. Right, it's very, very, very interesting. Anyway, yeah, and then you have the second group, right? Have to do with some kind of magic, right? You have a magician, uh, you have an acrobat, you have a juggler, you have an astrology, monachim, right? You have a seller of block print charms. Uh, this is also a very interesting thing. We do know from a historical chronicles that uh, uh, there were some block printed charms uh, being made. Uh, on the market, in the marketplace, right? Usually this has to do with chronic citations and also the, for the purpose of these charms, which yeah, people believe uh, they have a magical power. So you, if you were with you on pilgrimage uh, 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 journey, you will be safe, right? So there was a pre-printing and kind of manufacturing of uh, of mass protected ta- protected text uh, protected produced text right so basically we also see the reflection right, from shadow play right and then you have a long list of all this now the circus is coming to town right you have a lion tamer you have an elephant man you have a gold trainer you have tattooing woman this woman her profession is a sonia yabanet Right, yeah. Basically, it's about a person, a woman, we still don't know what she does, right? In her description, she cuts people's skin and made it bleed for money. Uh, so, yeah, so, and she might yell out, yeah, but for some reason. So, anyway, so that's the, so, yeah, uh, so those are the interesting materials you do not read every day in a historical chronicle. Uh, yeah, so, and, uh, 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 so and also you have other kind of diff, different kind of right and the Sudanese crown, right, you name it, right, and that you have a performer right and a monkey trainer and rapper. Finally, we come to this very important group called the Mashaeli. Right. So those are torch barriers. Can you imagine in medieval Cairo, this, the lightning street? Actually, they do have the pools, high pools. You have the people personally put the light every night. Uh, those people who call the Mashaili. So the Mashaili belong to uh, the underground, uh, who call the Banu Sassan. This is what we, we learn from historical chronicles, right? So we do not know the etymology of this word. Sassan has to do with Sassani, the Persians. That's the only uh, explanation. However, the importance of Banu Sassan is not only the outlaws uh, and underworld of medieval Cairo, of the subject has been written by Professor Boswell, right? Now it's becoming a classical in the study of a social history of the 
underground, right? But also linguistically speaking, Banus Hassan had their own code language. Uh, this uh, still today we cannot crack it. Right? Uh, in Egypt, they call it theme, right? And also, yeah, so this uh, the language of Banus Hassan, right? So Paul Carr is one of the very few right, uh, philologists uh, worked on this material. Uh, uh, Ralph Rawson, right? We know him. Yeah. He also did some research in, during the sixties, right? But he did not continue. So I think, yeah. But uh, still, it's a, he wrote a very small piece, but very valuable. Right? So basically, so this is linguistically speaking, also shadow play script are very rich. Uh, in terms of the the way they document right the elements of language right and culture right and, and finally we have the, uh, the typical we have a camel driver right uh, he takes the pilgrim to Mecca so you end on with this positive note about uh, right, where they're going for fin finally I'll have to rush a little bit uh, so the third play is uh, called Mutayim Wadae Yutayim right I call I translate charmed and we were the charmer right this actually is about uh, a uh, middle-aged man who fell in love with a young boy he met in a wrestling ring, right? So imagine that in medieval Cairo, we already have a sports event, a public sports event, but anyway, right? I have to make a very quick right, a comment on this one, is that homoeroticism right, was very right, common right, in uh, that period, in literature, the high literature, yeah, yeah, basically, so people can argue about uh, this, why is so, right? So actually it's true, all the three shadow plays do not depict heterosexual love as the true love stories, right? So uh, therefore there are some interesting kind of uh, boundaries, right, they do not want to cross, right? So the homoeroticism really was not really about a real life, uh, love story, but rather it's kind of a taste, right? Uh, it's a refined, stylized discourse right, at a private salon, right? Which is in contrast with Turkish karakuz. Uh, in the Turkish karakuz, we see the opposite, right? We see that men, we see the gender crossing, dressing, right? Men play the woman's role for comic relief, right? But this never happened in the, in the Arabic tradition, right? So the, the, the different kind of, uh, about the gender boundaries. I don't have time to go through this, but just so you know, right, this place also provides a very interesting uh, uh, topic for discussion about uh, uh, the discourse um, uh, on this agenda. Uh, so fun, uh, so this, uh, so far, uh, are the three uh, plays by Ibn Daniel, right? So after, uh, I think maybe thanks to for his, right, uh, one way or another, right, certainly, right, the, the authorities realized right, the popularity of this art form, also the danger of it, uh, because of the content uh, of the language, of the entertainment value that uh, mass people enjoy, uh, which are not really in line with uh, the, uh, the way that uh, the authority would like to. Right? So there was a pause. However, uh, we do have evidence that in Ottoman time, right, shadow play kind of reshaped itself right, with a different kind of uh, 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 energy coming onto uh, the place. And then also we see different developments in different places. Right? So now we are talking about that. Uh, I'd like to draw attention to one particular uh, play I've been working on now. Right? This is a very interesting play. Right? It's about an interface romance between a Muslim man and a Coptic woman. This is also a very, very interesting, intricate topic. Right? Uh, uh, yeah. um, so basically, also we do have the figures uh, to 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 basically to interpret interpret the script, right? So on our left, this is a uh, this is a Coptic monk whose name is Manja or Munatja. Uh, this this piece uh, I uh, now is in a column, a column right? donated by Paul Cobb to column, right? And uh, this is the drawing, right? You can see, right? So it's Coptic monk. The story is about a Muslim man right, falling in love with the daughter of the Coptic monk. Right, so so they have to go ups and downs, right, going through a lot, right? and also there are three major themes in this uh, play. One is interface romance, another is insanity. Because he falls in love, he's madly, he becomes insane. Right, so and also there's insanity, uh, like a Romeo and Juliet kind of, right? and then you have alcoholism. This uh, Muslim happened to be a Turkish, right? not Egyptian. Right. Yes, you also have the jokes about you know this is Egyptian play, right? About a Turkish Turkish drunk, right? Yeah. So you have a lot of uh, you know it's loaded uh, with all the things, right? And uh, so basically, yeah. 
let me very quickly write. So yeah, so the Turkish his name, uh, the Turkish name is Tadir, which the name is also interesting. I try to figure out what's going on. I don't know, right? He's a merchant of Turkish orange, a heavy drinker, right? He tries to buy wine. He could not find wine in Cairo except for in a Coptic convent, Dir. That's the only place he could find buy wine, wine, right? So he, but he, uh, the monk said, no way, right? Uh, we do not uh, cater to your Muslim uh, in the clients, right? So go to other places, not me, right? But and then there's a fight, right? So during the fight, right, the monk's daughter, whose name is Alan, right? so a very strange name, right? But anyway, yeah, uh, rushed out to save uh, the, the father. And then, of course, right, as we all know, right, the, man, the young man falls in love or was the lady at the first sight, right? And then he... Uh, uh, so Tadira begins to pursue her, her in, diff, uh, in various ways, or her disguise as a peddler, right, trying to sell things in front of the monastery, right? So you have the Cairo street smart guy selling all kinds of chicken, right, all kind of food, right, house, house, household items, right, which is kind of fun. And there you have this very interesting kind of conversation. I have some the dialogue, uh, dialogue I translate. Uh, so basically, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so this is Alam, right? He's, he's, she sees that Tadir uh, Yama uh, is beating her father. He said, who is beating my father up? Hey, you, thought you beat my father. You'll be struck on the arm, God willing. Uh, uh, the monk said, give me the money. Yeah, because the thing is that Tadir, the Turkish guy, right, took the wire, refused to pay. So that's why they have this kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. so the, uh, give me the money. Tadir said, but the prophet, shut up. Let the young lady curse, right? I love her cursing. Her cursing makes my body tremble. <laughs> oh, now you, you get it, yeah. And then the monk said, hey, you talk to me, not to my daughter, right? You uh, thought, right? And the, the, the Alam said, let's go, sir. We better go to your place. Uh, she said that, uh, and Tadir said, oh, sister, what are you are we going to do in my, in my place? He said, so you might bury your head under my pretty, this pretty dress. Uh, you can get a picture, right? She is very flirtatious, and he takes every single bite of it, right, in front of the father, right? So, yeah, uh, but yeah, they're in love, right? And, uh, and also they're chasing, right? And then the Alan does have some thought, right? So see, women are all like brothers. Some of us will get married anyway. Right? But it's Tadir, this is the, the Turkish, uh, the Muslim said, well, I, I will marry you, but you must come to Islam. Uh oh, that's the, that's the thing, right? She said, you keep your face and I mine. Why not? Lidini. Uh, so that's in Quran, right? So she knows, the, the Coptic girl knows. Right, uh, uh, but the said, "No, no, no. We must, we must not mix up with other faiths, right?" So Alam said, so, "So in Islam, what do they say?" Tadir said, "They say with my heart and by my tongue, I testify that there's no God but Allah, and there's Muhammad is His messenger, right?" And Alam said, "Gosh, this is heavy on my tongue. I cannot say it." Right, uh, and uh, so Tadir said, "Hey, sister, it's just that you come to Islam, so my fellow Muslim win." accept you, it's not really a big deal, right? You just convert, you, 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 I will take care of you, right? everything, right? You don't really have to believe it, right? So you can see also the, the, the discourse is also interesting, right? The, you know, this kind of, uh, but yeah, yeah. And then he, I don't know, say, what's wrong with you, boy? I come to Islam, I abandon my father, my, my people in the monastery, right? She is still struggling. Uh, so this is, uh, uh, Alan, on your left is amazing leather, figure, do you see? Her head actually is a crocodile. Uh, so it's a, so Egyptian. It's amazingly also interesting. Also, she's a feisty girl, a tough cookie. Right? She wears a hat that looks like a crocodile. Right? <laughs> Nevertheless, right? But in the other, uh, other stage of version, this was a painting by Paul Carl's student, whose name is Kurt Free Prefer. Actually, speaking of good prefer, it's also interesting. He was an Arabic student uh, with Paul Karp and, and Jacob in Bonn. And then he, was, he wrote his, his dissertation on this particular play. Only part of it, a very small part of it, right? And then he left to join the German Foreign Service. He became Hitler's ambassador to Brazil. Uh, but also his name is being now revisited because it turned out he was almost like a German spy. He participated all in all the talks uh, with the British and the, and the French. Right? There actually there's a book uh, by a person, yeah, uh, uh, 
Anderson and Lawrence Anderson about the Lawrence of Arabia. So Lawrence of Arabia and Kurt Prefer and Yale, a person there, and also the, so, so basically they, they, they have the, all kinds of intri- in, very intriguing conversations and talks. But anyway, that was after he was, uh, that was the afterlife, right? But uh, Prefer actually, right, his dissertation, that he made his painting, drawing, right? He attended the performance. In, in his drawing, you can see, right, the production was different, right? So this time, uh, Alain uh, has a different kind of hat, but you still can, you see, right, the, uh, 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 you know, yeah, I think the appeal of this particular play is about the exotic thing, woman, right, in the eye of a be- beholder. Right, so you have everything, the dress, the language, the, the way, the mannerism is different. So the, the, other, the, poor, the poor guy, the Turkish, Turkish guy is just hooked, right? And so, uh, so this is, was, you can see, just a very comic, right? Usually, I, I think Egyptians, usually, they, when it comes to Turks, they have some kind of uh, sense of humor. Uh, in their presentation and the depiction of the Turkish character. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, and far, far, very quickly, right? So he falls in love, right? He ha- found in Norway, he built a garden in front of the monastery, right? Uh, uh, and uh, and then, uh, still the girl would not budge, right? He put it on fire, so that's why he's insane. He was sent to asylum, a Maristan, right? And he's been talked to a doctor whose name is Dr. Kamil, perfect. Right, from Baghdad, no, well, of course, from Baghdad, right? So he killed him by teaching him Islamic basics, uh, the learning, right, the Sharia, the ethics, right, the, the also everything, right, the language, grammar, everything. So basically, in a way, the shadow play, this play was also didactic, right? So this song is a 50 stanza long, uh, the didactic teaching song covers all aspects of mathematics, grammar, logic, you name it, right? So in a way, in this process, it, it took us seven years, he's cured, right? Secured from his alcoholism, cured from his madness, and he was released. And he goes back to his beloved, and only to find out the monk die, right? So Alam convert to Islam, they go to Mecca, they come back, to build a new house. That's the story, right? But before that, there was also interesting thing about the interface discourse. Right? I would like to highlight right, before I, I finish this one. Right? Basically, right, uh, so of course you can see the father, the monk, was the one who, who opposed it. Right? He basically said, Alam, those are Muslim, their religion is wide, wasya. Uh, this is Egyptian colloquial, wasya. Right? So Alam said, Father, better than our Din our Coptic religion is narrow. Right? Of course, that's that's the dramatization, right? So, so what does wide mean anyway? Wasya mean anyway? The monk said it means that in Islam, marriages and divorces are all okay. They can divorce you, right? So yeah, so yeah, so uh, a man can have four wives altogether. Alam said, I'm cool with that. What's the problem? Uh, so monks, oh, you, uh, so that's a cursing, right? Now it's the monk who is doing the cursing, right? And I feel to talk to the monastery, right? People would talk about you, right? And, uh, and, the, and the daughter said, no, 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 you are so, you're, you're dearest to me. I would never mean to upset you. And the monk said, God, then I will get you a husband of our faith. Alam said, my husband is Ta'adir, the, the, the Turkish guy. What's wrong with him? Right, Monk said, he's a Muslim and we are Yahud. That's intriguing. We know that they are Copts. Why they call themselves Yahud? Yeah. So uh, does this mean that in the pop, in popular culture, basically in this kind of dramatization and the popular storytelling, so all the non-Muslims they simply say Yahud. Uh, th- that could be one explanation. Right? Another explanation would be he might be referring to a Judaico-Christian uh, origin. So we don't know exactly. Right? Either way, they never mention Akbat, Kipti, in this entire script. We know, but we know that they are Coptic monks. Uh, and therefore, that's the, also a kind of interesting kind of play, right? So something yeah, I'm, th- I'm still thinking of, right? But anyway, and Alan said, why are not faces through marriage when he's free to choose faces? And also, 
Uh, monks say, yes, freedom, but everybody returned to his original faith, right? That's his theme. Finally, right, uh, 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 on the eve of wedding, right, so Alam has to go through this uh, in a pampering, right, goes going to a haman, a bathhouse, right? This has is a typical, typical Middle Eastern kind of uh, drama, dramatic moment, right? Uh, there are lots of bathhouse themed karagush, uh, which I'll talk about a little, little later, right? But in, in, this, in this particular bathhouse scene, right, she basically confides, right, to the, the, the soap lady. She said, I'm, now I'm Muslim, right, alone, no father, no son. A pity, all those in the face of uh, Aladin Yahud, right? And uh, the old face of forefather, Din Abu Hum Asli Wadin Judud. Now, basically, she said that now I'm being cut off uh, by marrying a Muslim. So I'm <laughs> not no longer part of the family. So she feels lonely. So in the past house, she, conf- she has this very inner kind of monologue, right, uh, uh, about uh, almost like a baptism. It's uh, almost uh, taking the form of another level dimension about closing up and uh, turning into a new religion, but with some reflections and the conflict, uh, conflictions anyway. But this bus home, right, is not the same bus house as we will see in other right, uh, 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 places, right? Uh, now I'm turning to uh, North Africa and, um, and Syria. So we can see, basically, uh, I can say that on safe ground that uh, Syria and North African shadow play all were the Arab versions of a Turkish Karakuz. Uh, so basically, in th- today in Beirut, in Aleppo, in Damascus, in Algeria, in Tunisia, in Marrakesh, if you go to a shadow play, right, they just call you, okay, oh, that's a Karakuz. Right. So basically, they, they have this very formulaic right, uh, format. Right. So you have uh, two people, right, who is a Karakuz, who is Iwas. Right. And uh, so they play around all different scenarios. Right. So all these little plays called the Fasl, Fusul, right, this little one act play, right, were all being narrated by them and also act out by them, right? So you can see that right, this is very modern, right? So the kind of cool different, uh, yeah, uh, from, yeah. And also, yeah, those, uh, yeah. you can see, right, the Karakuz actually is a tradition shared by Mediterranean, right, by Greek, right, Turkish, Armenia, and Arabic people, right? So they all share the same dramatic tradition, right? They all call this Karakuz, right? They ha- you, ha- you only have a very slight differences in the, the depiction. So this is group is the Greek Karakuz. These are typical Turkish Karakuz. <coughs> Those are Syrian Arab Karakuz. You can see the similarities, but with a little bit of different kind of coloring and configuration. But they know they, they are diff- distinct, right? And uh, and also in, uh, uh, there are so many Karakuz uh, 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 repertoires. Well, I cannot. Uh, uh, Possibly to exhaust. I focus only on one hammam, right? So I will show you three different hammam themed karakuz uh, to show you the richness of its texture, right? So the, the, we know hammam is a microcosm of Middle Eastern society. Right? People go to hammam, right? They, they made arrangement of gender, right? Segregate. So. Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are for gentlemen, and Tuesday and Thursday are for women. Right, so they all take the public bathing, right? They socialize, right? They enjoy life, right? Uh, this is also the rich ground for dramatization, right? The first hammam is uh, from Beirut, right? Yes. Uh, and that's so basically uh, what the story is that Karakuz invites Iwas uh, to accompany him into the bathhouse, which is somewhere on earth. Actually, they named the real name of the hammam of, the, of Beirut. Right, so we know that's, that's a joke, right? And then the pastor's attendee asked whether they have brought the must-have stuff for basin. The must-have include water, fire, a blanket, a long stick, a hood, a rod, ten loaves of bread, and dagger, and an armor. Aragun uh, said, yes, I, have, I will bring all the must-have to the Hamban. Right? And then Aragun said, why? Why would we need all this? So the attendee said, you must bring water because we don't have water. Uh, you must bring your own fire to heat it because and the, the blanket is covered uh, the, the naked body. The bathhouse is just cold. 
And then she said, the last stick is to remove spider webs on the walls, and the hood is to catch rats, and the rat is to drive away cicadas. And you need to bread to feed the cats so they won't bite you. And also, you certainly need a dagger and armor because absolutely, they are absolutely necessary because there are four thieves are taking the residence in our bathhouse. So this is a satiric take on the bad condition of a bathhouse in Beirut. You also know, you, you get the sense of humor of the Lebanese, right? Yeah, just, they satirize everything they just don't, don't like, right? With all this great humor, uh, yeah. And then you have another take on the hammam, which this one is from Kairawan, from Tunisia, right? the ancient city, right? This Karaguzi story has a social kind of context, kind of uh, interesting background. He said, Karaguzi and Hajiwan, right? now by the way, I want, uh, I was now in the North African version, uh, uh, it's called Hajiwan. That's actually closer to the Turkish word. The Turkish sidekick is Hajivat. Hajivat. Right? So actually, the, the North African pair actually are closer in terms of the, the linguistic features. But anyway, so they open bath house for business. Right? So Karakuz tried to sneak into the bath house when it's scheduled for the day for women. Karaku is the, is a perennial womanizer, so that's that's the, his stereotype, right? But how, he also uh, is victimized by his own place, so to speak, right? So his friends, I was, is the smart guy who always put on pranks on him, on him right? So, but yeah, and then and then so. And then it turned out by Hajiwan's wife, right, who was saved again. However, she, she allows other men to come in, men of all kinds, Arab, India, Maltese, and even a Jew. All the people, men can go, but not Karakus. Right. And so Karakus comes around the second time and he's denied entrance again. Right. So he's outraged that he calls the police to report dubious activities. Right. And then, but uh, the law informants man come, right, so I've always served, uh, is resolved. Right. So, it's, so this bath house is more like a social comment uh, of, of the, you know, this kind of uh, what's going on in the bath house, uh, the, law and inf the law and order enforcement, how they run into trouble with in enforcing the law. Uh, so there's an interesting, interesting kind of social texture built into this. Uh, finally, uh, there was this uh, I was uh, depiction from Aleppo, right? But finally, this one, this one is a little long, but the reason is from Damascus and Aleppo. Right? Syrian Karakuza place tend to be longer than the North African uh, Beiruti ones. Uh, Beiruti, the, 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 the one's very short, but this one is very long. But the reason I'm saying that, uh, putting this uh, full presentation is that we, we have the entire picture. The it turned out the Syrian uh, repertoire has a cast which is fixed. Uh, they have the two narrator, who is one is Karaguz, one is was, and then they have the Madalla, who is the young boy, who is the troublemaker. And then you have a Turaman, who is the uh, strong man, right? And then you have uh, another person who is the Gorai team, who is the dandy. Right. So basically, you have the entire cast, and then so every single play just plays different storyline, uh, but all the characters are those people. Right. So this is fit into their stereotypes, right, with little kind of variations, right, and then and then you have some, uh, yeah. Uh, more right, so basically, yeah, this is how this run, and then you even have more. So usually, they would have older women fighting, which is also very comic, I think, in, in that particular <laughs> period of time, right? And then eventually, after all the ups and downs, Ayman comes back to witness of Karakul's voice will never manage a bath house again. So, that's a failure of a bath house, right? Also, this is very critical about the failure of society. Right, basically, he actually, well, you, you can see the smartness of the, the, the playwright. He was poking fun at the, the, you know, the dark side of the society as he sees, uh, he's, as, as the shadow master saw as a, as a fail, a people. Right? So all the people play their roles, but uh, things just don't work. Uh, so there is a very interesting kind of satiric sense right, being built into this. So Syrian repertoire usually tend to be very, very sophisticated in the way that it begins. Okay, finally, I'm moving to our last uh, segment, which is about uh, the, 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 uh, the, the new development. Right? Interestingly speaking, uh, Karakuz right, is translated in Syria and North African as Karakuz. 
right? But in Egyptian, it's a Karakus, but Arauz. But in Egyptian, Arauz is, is not shadow play, but rather it's a puppetry. Right? So that means the Turkish Karakuz tradition never took uh, yeah, on in Egypt. Right? The tradition was just too strong. The genuine Arabic Hayelu Zelu tradition was no way, no way that the Turkish uh, invasion uh, import could take over. So the Egyptians are determined, they kept Hayelu uh, Zelu, the shadow play, proper, and then they turned Arauz into the puppetry. Right. So uh, some of you already know, right? So Omar Sharif right, played, uh, there's a 1989 movie called Arauz. Right. This actually was not a shadow play player, but rather uh, uh, puppet. Uh, right. It's also about his life imitating the life of his plays. Also a criticism of Egyptian you know, society at the time. Right. So this also very kind of, uh, there is uh, this. Yeah, you always have this sense of uh, the Egyptian repertoire, right, this, uh, how to say, critical realism. Uh, built into this, right? They put a lot of stories with the social background, but with some criticism. Right? But anyway, so this actually is the last surviving uh, Karakuz, the real Karakuz master, uh, whom I interviewed uh, three years ago. He just passed away last week, right? Sabir, Amu Sabir. Ust they called him Usta, Usta Amu Sabir. Right? He was the last performing Karakuz, right? It turned out uh, what happened was that, uh, so this was uh, the poster right, of, of uh, Omar Sharif movie. Right? Uh, it turned out the Egyptian government the Ministry of Culture has a popular called the Funun Shabi kind of branch, right? They try to, yeah, to continue and preserve the traditional art form, right? There, there is a performing tube called Wamda. Wamda means that gleam of light, right? Which was sponsored by Egyptian government. They, uh, this is the famous Suhaimi house uh, in the Khan Khalil. It's just one stone throw from Khan Khalili. Uh, it's, a, it's an Ottoman uh, mansion. Right. So they put this as uh, a public place, right? So every Thursday was for the shadow play. Right. So the Wanda uh, yeah, group would perform in this place, right? So I w went to that three times, right, in, uh, in summer 2015, right, to observe and interview. So I just, this is some of the pictures I took, right? So this was before the performance, you can see, right? So that was for shadow play. And to the next, there is a platform for the Arauz. So basically, the, the, so the two forms are performed together, right? So, and the, you, you say, it's already, before the short time, it's already filled in. Right. Uh, the, 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 one, the first night, uh, this was the Womda uh, 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 players. Those are all grads, graduates, uh, uh, graduate, uh, graduates from the Kairos Performing Art uh, College. So they had an acting training, but they uh, were kind of interested in this shadow play. Right? They are paid by the government, of course, right? uh, 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 as in the forms of a fellowship right? to learn and perform. Uh, this, right? So they also, you can see, it, it's, uh, they, they manipulate the figures. Also, they, they play the music instrument, right? they sing songs. Right? They told me they never, never use a recorder. Right? So every single performance is different. Right? So they, they want to show respect to the tradition. Right? They, they, they would improvise things. Right? And so the, 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 the play I saw that time was actually an Ottoman play, called, an Ottoman era play. It's called Timsah. The crocodile is is about uh, uh, a fisherman who is trying to uh, go in fish, but all his fish were eaten by a crocodile. He tried to wrestle with the crocodile, end up being swallowed by the crocodile, and uh, so other people tried to rescue him. Right, so you can see the comic situation, right? And uh, so uh, in the Ottoman uh, in the Ottoman version, right, which was translated into Germany by Karl Parkup and stayed in Stuttgart. In 1928, I think that's the only, that's the earliest Arabic shadow play being staged in Germany, <laughs> speaking German, <laughs> uh, yeah, using uh, his Egyptian papa, papa figures. But anyway, so uh, the interesting I observed was that uh, in this particular Cairo new version, they add something new. For example, the actors would uh, interact with the audience. For example, when, when they try to release the, 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 the body from the, the person from crocodile's mouth, uh, uh, so basically people 
So all the kids in the, in the audience so cheer up. Oh yeah, yeah! Beat him up! Beat him up! Beat him up! And then ask the the beat him beat the crocodile up, right? And then the uh, the actor ask, "Do we want to kill him, the crocodile?" The kids say, "No, we don't." So yeah. Uh, and uh, so uh, the player said, why? He said, crocodile is animal, right? He should live in Nile. So you can have a very nice kind of educational kind of in, kind of interaction, right? Kind of, uh, so the kids, they're happy that people are all out from the mouth of a crocodile, but they're also uh, a happy crocodile is not dead. Right? So, but in the ultimate uh, version, it was dead. The crocodile was killed, uh, being carried out from the screen. Right. So you can see, right? So they make all these little, little new things, right? To make things interesting, and also to 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 avoid boredomness, right? So they only show one act of a shadow play for twenty minutes, and then they switch to uh, oh sorry, to garagus, or to which is some sing, a singing competition, right? And they carry on the crocodile. You can see the crocodile, and then uh, more crocodile, right? And then. They have, uh, and also they have a Karakuz, Sabir uh, play, one act, and then they come back to act two of Crocodile. So, in that way, they try to cater to the kids right, whose attention span may be shorter than usual. Right? So, actually, they did a very good job. And also, they run an educa educational program. The public school kids can sign up. Uh, to to participate in the workshop, how to make uh, shadow play figures, right? Not the animal. I don't think they no longer use the animal skins, but they use the plastic and other materials right, to cut for 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 the figures, right? And uh, so this is the situation in Cairo, right? Uh, but the uh, situation, uh, but in uh, in other places, are not that uh, optimistic, right? So we know that Aleppo is one of the uh, Arab country, uh, Arab city that has the longest and the richest history in shadow play theater, but uh, uh, also the the best collection of Ottoman era Syria. Right, shadow play figures, right? That's a huge thing. Yeah. The Syrian government uh, did a very good job if, for, for a long time right, in preserving the popular culture, uh, in uh, cataloging everything. But I think those pieces are, are no longer there, I, I doubt. Uh, but anyway, so UNESCO has some urgent call, but uh, I doubt the effectiveness of it. Uh, but uh, we're glad that uh, still people care about it. Uh, so there are some efforts being made, but still, it's a it's a uphill up struggle. Right? But uh, I began with the charming picture of a figure from Aleppo to show the charming and enchanting artist artistry of shadow play. Right? So I conclude with another uh, comment, right? but also back to Syria. We're hoping for the best. Right? So certainly, I'm more hopeful about what happens in Egypt. Uh, but we're hopeful, hoping for the battle in Syria. Uh, so that will conclude my presentation. Thank you for your time and attention. You've been listening to a download from the NYU Abu Dhabi Institute. You'll find more information on our website, www.nyuad.nyu.edu institute.